Today's podcast is brought to you by the Prime Original Series, Homecoming, directed by the creator of Mr. Robot, Sam Esmail, with breakout performances by Julia Roberts and Stefan James. Now streaming for Guild members at ConsiderAmazon.com. Award season is here, and so is the awardist from Entertainment Weekly. We're taking you inside this year's best contenders for the industry's biggest awards, from the Golden Globes to the Oscars. We're going to join EW editors as we talk about the actors, films, TV series that should win, which of those actually will win, and why. I'm your host, Shana Naomi Krokmal, the digital director at EW, and I'm joined this week by two of my colleagues. Uh, Pia Sinha Roy, a senior writer covering movies, who also has a weekly column for The Awardist at EW.com, and Kristen Baldwin, TV critic for EW. She also helped break down the last award show for EW's podcast, Chasing Emmy. We're going to talk about our early predictions, the very strange animal that is the Golden Globes, and then later in the show, we'll dive into which actors are directing films that might be in the run for Oscars, and why Jamie Lee Curtis, yes, the queen of Halloween, should be a part of any serious award season talk. Hello, ladies. Hello. Hi. <laughs> so it's it's November, and we are officially, definitely in award season. But where does it start? Pia, you and I were in Toronto for the Toronto International Film Festival. Is that the beginning? Does it start even sooner than that? I would say we should go back right right to January um, with the Sundance Film Festival because that's that's kind of probably the first entry point for films that can be in discussion for this year's, well, next year's Oscars, I should say. Um, but award season kicks off with Sundance, and then there is just a flurry of film festivals throughout the year. Um, for America, the Toronto Film Festival, actually, which is in Canada, of course. For North America. <laughs> for North America. Um, Toronto is is a really important um step in the awards race it's actually the launch pad for many of the big contenders that then you know start to release this fall and will have a massive part of the conversation hopefully so uh toronto comes on the heels of venice film festival and telluride film festival which is a, a smaller um much more industry focused one in colorado um and then obviously venice is kind of the big international one and they come after Cannes. See, Cannes is at like the beginning of summer. And so a lot of the conversation kind of after Cannes perhaps peters out and then it's up to Venice to revive it. And then it's up to Toronto to really get the, the ball rolling. So, so we, what you're saying is you're in a nonstop year-round <laughs> awards season. You have to pay attention from the very beginning because, you know, Sundance really can launch some important films. And then you just have to see how well they perform throughout the year. You know, we've seen movies like, um, we've seen Sundance films come out um, and then, you know, maybe they peter out or maybe they actually go straight on to win. So you have to be looking at everything throughout the year. I know it's very early, but what are a couple of films that coming out of Sundance, then coming out of Venice and Toronto that people are talking about already as the films we're going to see all the way clear through to the Oscars? I think Right now, um, the two big films that we can really expect, and they're not Sundance films at all, but I would say Roma, uh, Alfonso Cuaron's movie, um, which launched, uh, I believe, at Venice and has 
just the the buzz around this film has been incredible and um, it just keeps building. It is being distributed by Netflix as well. Netflix has a lot of money in the game. So, you know, we... uh, we're definitely paying attention to that one. And then the other one I think we have to keep a real close eye on is The Star is Born. Because mm-hmm. that one's just done huge numbers at the box office, a lot of popularity. There's a lot of uh, buzz around performances and the crafts of it. So, yeah, those are two that I would pinpoint right now as ones to watch. Okay. Uh, Oscars are back in February this year or next year, rather, in 2019, February 24th. Nominations don't happen until January 22nd. But in the meantime, we have the Golden Globes, uh, and they are really its own kind of beast. <laughs> um, last year at the Golden Globes, uh, as a quick previously, uh, it, w- it was a pretty decent show. It was different than we had seen in years past. It was hosted by Seth Meyers. It came right in the sort of like first thrust of a lot of questions of how people would respond publicly to Me Too. So you had almost no one wearing any fashion on the red carpet. Um, almost all of the women who attended were dressed in black. Um, Big winners were Three Billboards, Outside Abbey, Missouri, Lady Bird, Handmaid's Tale, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Big Little Lies. Um, and, you know, there was a lot of political and sort of issue-oriented speech in the in what people said on stage. Oprah, who won the Salsa Beetle Mill Lifetime Achievement Award, gave such a rousing and um, passionate uh, piece of oration that people started immediately talking about whether she was going to run for president in 2020. Um, so that was a lot going on. But let's talk about, Kristen, where we are right now. So the Emmys happen in September, but the Golden Globes are still coming up. Where? How do we get from one to the next? Where It's like the one place where we have that crossover where TV and film are part of the Golden Globes. Um, and everything is a little different, but from the TV perspective, um, what are we picking up from Emmys? You know, it's interesting. With TV, uh, this is sort of the last chance for all the things that didn't win an Emmy Uh in September. Um, it will sort of play into next year's nominations, but it's, you know, the nominations aren't until July 2019. So it is quite a ways away. So right now, it's sort of like we're, we're praying for uh, some some shows that maybe didn't get the love that we or actors or actresses that didn't get the love uh, to maybe just get their 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 due here. So somebody like Carrie Russell from The Americans, you know, The Americans won big at the Emmys, but they did not uh, nominate or, or they did not award her an Emmy, and that made lots of people sad. Uh, or <laughs> me especially, <laughs> or Cody Fern, who was so fantastic in American Crime Story: The Assassination of Gianni. Versace, and he's also currently playing uh, Satan in American Horror Story, and he's great. Uh, so I'm hoping he gets a nomination. Um, with TV, it's really like it's kind of like gravy, <laughs> you know? It's like yay, another award for shows that we love, and uh, but it's not necessarily a prognosticator the way it is with movies. So unlike the academies and the working members who govern at the Emmys and at the Oscars or how the guilds are represented at the SAG Awards, Golden Globe nominations come from the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. Pia, can you walk us through who that is, what that is, how that works? Yes, please do, because I would like to know. (laughs) 
Um, so what I understand about the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, who are the voting body of the Golden Globes, there are about 90 plus members here. These are all foreign journalists who live and work out of L.A. And many years ago, they established this awards ceremony that has now become an absolute staple. Um, there is probably zero crossover between the voting members of the Hollywood Foreign Press and any of the other guilds that determine um, the the kind of major stepping stones towards Oscars. So like the Directors Guild, the Writers Guild, the Producers Guild, and then of course the Oscars. And those guilds uh, are incredibly important because those members are part of the, the Academy as well. So that's why those all sort of determine what's going to be part of the Oscars conversation. Hollywood Foreign Press. Um, so the Golden Globes, I think, is just kind of a, a great night too. <laughs> Everyone you, loves you it. Both, you, Pia, you and Kristen have both covered many years of Golden Globes, as have I. What do we love about the Golden Globes? I mean, it's it's not like anything else that happens. And I would say many people often say it's their favorite award show. Um, it has a lot of broadcast appeal. But Kristen, what's your what's your favorite thing about the Golden Globes? I think my favorite thing is probably that everybody's a little drunk and uh, and both, you know, literally, and also just a little, they're not, nobody takes themselves as seriously at the Golden Globes as they might at, you know, certainly at the Oscars and even to some degree at the Emmys. I mean, obviously last year was more serious, as you pointed out, with the beginning of the Me Too movement. But generally speaking, it feels like a big party. You get to see all the different celebrities hobnobbing with each other, you know, hopping from table to table as they cut to commercial break. And it's just, you know, it's kind of like we're coming off the holiday season and we need something to ease us into the sort of grim doldrums that is, you know, that are the winter months. And this is a big, shiny party with lots of stars. And it's kind of a nice way to ease into the new year. What about what we should expect from some potential, what are the trends? I mean, so we've got this small group of people who sort of operate outside the rest of the system of how movies actually get made and how television maybe gets made. Pia, what are your, what's your assessment in terms of what do we, what are they like? Is there anything we can extract as a trend? Well, the first thing is that they do divide their categories into drama and then the second is comedy slash musical, uh, which essentially means that there's more nominees <laughs> and uh, and it, there's some interesting category fudging going on sometimes. Um, you know, we can all remember the infamous Leo DiCaprio winning best comedy or musical actor for Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> Very funny. Very <laughs> funny. Role. Hilarious. Uh, yeah, um, which I thought was um, really amusing. But that's why I think... So this year, I think there's two that I, I'm i intrigued to see where they'll go, which is um, Star is Born and Lady Gaga specifically. We know the Hollywood foreign press love Lady Gaga. Um, they've given her a Golden Globe for American Horror Story when she was on that. And then... Um, what is the through line, Kristen or Pia? Like, wh who is the kind of... Hollywood Foreign Press Association star? What are they looking for? Well, when it comes to TV, they love somebody who's just at the cusp of becoming a huge star. They really love uh, sort of up-and-comers who are having, you know, what we used to call the it girl or the it guy of the, of the year, you know, 
Uh, for example, with TV back in 1997, a little show called Ally McBeal hit the airwaves and starring a woman named Callista Flockhart that nobody had ever heard of. And they, you know, immediately gave her a best actress in a comedy. Same with Carrie Russell for Felicity the following year. Jennifer Garner when she was uh, in 2001 when she was starring in Alias. They really like to find somebody who's like of the moment, a young, bright, shiny new star. And they want to be the ones who sort of... Uh, do the coronation of their, uh, the beginning of their career. Um, so that's what they look for in TV. Um, you know, they also just, they love movie stars and man, when a movie star does television, woo, that's the biggest deal ever. They love it. So big little lies obviously was like, you know, their sweet spot. Who's on that list for you this year? Who are the movie stars in the TV space? Cause there's so much fluidity, between that, but who do you think there might catch their eye? You know, I think uh, they will be definitely, you know, it'll be interesting to see what they do uh, with, you know, for, she's not necessarily uh, a movie star, but she's somebody that I think uh, they will love. Connie Britton, they love, I think they love her and she's going to be in a show called uh, Dirty John for Bravo based on the podcast. And so is Eric Bana, who is a movie star and he is uh He's fantastic in it. I think he could be. Um, House of Cards will be interesting. Diane Lane, you know, movie star, Oscar nominee. She was in House of Cards this year. Fantastic in it. Um, I do wonder if they will, in terms of the new uh, sort of up-and-comers, if they will be, you know, Cody Fern is a great example, I think. Please, please, from my lips to God's ears. (laughs) But also then, like, you know, some of the actresses in – Charmed, for example, young, uh, the young, uh, multi, multi racial actresses, Sarah Jeffrey, Madeline Mantock, Melanie Diaz. These are, you know, these are the types of talent that they tend to focus on, in part because, you know, they, they want to seem like they're, they're star makers in a way, especially when it comes to TV. There's also, should we call it the schmooze factor, right? So, I, I mean, every award show is obviously – there are huge campaigns. Uh, and when you live in L.A. or New York, you see a lot of that firsthand. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if you don't, I think it starts to seep into uh, your awareness a little bit more than it used to. So is campaigning to win a Golden Globe different than campaigning to win an Oscar? Pia, what do you think? Um, yes, I, I think it is a little different. Um it's just because it is like a different group of people. So, and and Kristen's exactly like right with the Hollywood foreign press love celebrities. They like star power, and that's also something that goes back to why the Golden Globes, why people tune in because they do actually nominate some real starry stars, whether they deserve it or not. Can we mention the Angelina Jolie the tourist debacle uh, right there? But. Um, you know, they try to honor like the biggest stars they can, but also within the parameters that they have and hopefully they're worthy performances. But they like the names. They like the schmoozing. So whereas I think um, campaigning for Oscars is a slightly longer road and it's a much bigger like <laughs> voting body to win over. And people are looking more for evidence of I think. It's less about the star, more about the talent on that. I, I think, anyways, I'd like to think that's kind of the, the biggest difference. I'd like to also say, Kristen, uh, uh, to chime in here on the the kind of TV, uh, the celebrity, the big movie TV stars uh, crossover. Well, I personally think this year, I'm really hoping there's a, a lot of love for um, 
for Donald Glover and Atlanta because oh yeah they have nominated him before yeah and they and he's his star is obviously even more on the rise um, and another one that I just thought of uh, also is um, Jim Carrey in Kidding on Showtime you know he is obviously a big movie star and he's done his first TV show in years and he's excellent in it so it'll be interesting to see uh, or you know another one the show was not great. Um, Sean Penn in uh, The First, which is a Hulu series about going to Mars, but is the fact that he's Sean Penn, will that be enough for them to uh, give him a nomination? I do think regarding the campaigning with the foreign press, the perception is that it's more about just schmoozy meet and greets, you know, and like get your picture taken with the cast, whereas with Oscar uh, it, for lack of a better term, Oscar campaigning seems to have a little bit more dignity. <laughs> you know. Try to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I think there's a certain degree to which, as a fan, part of what becomes enjoyable about a show like the Golden Globes is that there is that sort of gray area. So which category should this be in gives you sort of more to argue about. Like, is this person really qualified as a fan? It's a more enjoyable show. And I think some of it is just because you've heard of more people and it's easier to have an opinion about whether, you know, I think you have those obvious moments where you're like, that's not a musical or a comedy. What, what, what are you doing in this category? I think it makes for sort of a more fun watch party. Um, Pia, you were talking, I think one place that we see that crossover or that with the campaigning is that because the Golden Globes actually happen before Oscar nominations. How, tell me about how that plays out. Is that a factor? Uh, I think it's a huge factor. Uh, even though there isn't a crossover in the voting body, um, the fact is that the Golden Globes do come ahead of the Oscar nominations. So Golden Globes are on January 6th, I believe, and uh, Oscar nominations are on January 22nd. So that means the Globes are taking place during Oscars voting. So this is actually a really important point because the Globes really gets to shine a spotlight on some of those big contenders, those buzzy contenders, the people you need to be paying attention to. And remember, for the people who are voting for Oscars, they get, they have to watch, you know, dozens and dozens of films, dozens of screeners, uh, probably hundreds. I, I don't even know how many movies come out through the year that they have to consider. So for them, you know, to be able to watch a show, an award show that sort of helps cut down and bring bring up the shortlist, it, it might put a spotlight on contenders they weren't thinking about. So, so the Golden Globes are like the unofficial voter guide. A little bit, yes. You know, I mean, it's, it's yes. You know, there are going to be nominations and winners that might be um, a surprise, unexpected curveball, which the Globes are wont to do usually. Um, but I think... It just helps for anyone who is voting in the Oscars to just pay attention to who's part of the conversation right now. Let's talk about hosts. So the Globes actually didn't have a host for many years, and then they did a little bit, and then they didn't. And then, uh, you know, we had Seth Meyers last year, Jimmy Fallon the year before, Ricky Gervais for a couple of years. In between there, we had Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. Who would you like to see this year? Kristen, you first. You know, it's interesting if it's, you know, it's on NBC again. And uh, would it be boring for, for me to suggest that they uh, hire Amy Poehler because she is on NBC um, uh, in her little uh, 
crafting reality competition called Making It, which is adorable, by the way. You should watch it if you need something to just calm you down in these troubled times. Um, and I think she and Tina Fey would both be great. Again, I agree. You know, I do think we want to try to find a woman um, who can, uh, you know, have the edge that somebody like Tina and Amy does ha do have. Um, I, it Whoever it is, it will come from the NBC Universal family, <laughs> you know. So it'll be somebody who's got a show on NBC or Bravo or, uh, you know, E. So, so campaign, campaign for your favorite housewife, right? Yeah, now. exactly. You know, <laughs> why not give it to um, uh, Andy? You know, <laughs> watch what happens live on the Golden Globes uh, with uh, with Andy. I don't know. I think I think they're probably you know. They will probably go down the middle, like have another late night host. So it'd either be Seth again or Jimmy or, well, I guess they can't really do Carson Daly because that would be super boring. Um, but yeah, it's it's usually just an ad for whoever, whatever network. Any any choices, Pia? Oh man, I I really want. Um... I, I don't want any of those people. Yeah. And I love Tina and Amy, but I don't want any. I just, I want to see, um, you know, I think the p past couple of years, but this year especially, has really brought up some incredible younger voices in Hollywood. Um, and for me, like Abby and Alana from Broad City would just probably be my favorite thing to watch ever. I think they would absolutely nail it. But, you know, someone like Aquafina, who just nailed her SNL gig, hosting gig. I mean, mm -hmm. she would be incredible as well. I would just, I would love to see someone, for them to take a chance on someone a little edgier, someone who can keep up. Um, They're the fun ones already. They, like, exactly. Aquafina would be perfect. I love that idea. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to campaign for that now myself. I mean, I think a lot of people are throwing her name behind, like, mm -hmm. you know, potential Oscars host even, which I, I just love this. I think we need to have, and the Globes are a good place to do this. It's not, I would say the Oscars is not the place to experiment so much right. with right. a funny host, whereas the Globes seems the like Globes the perfect, perfect place to do spot. it. Yeah, and I think this year, you know, Seth Meyers, I will give him credit. He did a, a pretty great job fielding a lot of very difficult topics that he had to contend with. But you know what? On a night where, you know, women made such a statement to come together and wear black and really stand up, it would have been nice to have seen a woman up on that stage and I I would hope hopefully that this year we get to see that you know I wonder if they would ever give it to Kate McKinnon from Saturday Night Live I think she would yes. be fantastic I think I she's probably it. smart <laughs> enough to say no um you know I don't think it's her cup of tea another one that could be amazing but could also just be a complete disaster in a great way would be Leslie Jones from Saturday Night Live um so I think you know they should try somebody who's a little uh, you know, just a, a little dangerous. And I mean, I both of those women are incredible. A.D. Bryant is hilarious. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of, um, I, I do think we have to look within the NBC family because that's how these things go. But they definitely have some interesting choices. Were they brave enough to take them? All right. Golden Globes. We have so much more time even to talk about Golden Globes. Nominations are December 6th, and then they will air on NBC on January 6th. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, let's talk about a few other stories we're tracking for award season, including Bradley Cooper and other actors who are taking their first time behind the camera. We'll be right back on The Awardist.
Today's podcast is brought to you by the Prime Original Series, Homecoming, starring Julia Roberts, Bobby Cannavale, Shay Wiggum, and Sissy Spacek, with a breakout performance by newcomer Stefan James. Directed by the creator of Mr. Robot, Sam Esmail, Homecoming is based on the groundbreaking podcast created by Eli Horowitz and Micah Bloomberg about a secret government-run rehabilitation facility for soldiers returning to civilian life. Heidi Bergman, played by Julia Roberts, is a caseworker at Homecoming, but when a representative from the Department of Defense starts asking questions, she quickly realizes that there may be a dark story behind the one she's been telling herself. GQ calls Homecoming the easiest show to binge in years, and Entertainment Weekly says the half-hour drama series is this year's most stylish mystery. Homecoming, streaming now for Guild members at ConsiderAmazon.com. Welcome back to The Awardist, EW's podcast for everything you need to know this award season. I'm Shana Naomi Crockmall, and I'm here with Pia Sinelroy and Kristen Baldwin. We have so much great coverage already of award season up at EW.com, in the magazine every week. Pia, you are writing a weekly column for The Awardist. Tell us a little bit about your first piece, which was about actors who became first-time directors. There's a pretty rich history uh, of that crossover double threat, sometimes triple threat. Yeah. Uh, tell me where where that's been and where it's going. Um, yeah, I just thought this year was kind of interesting in seeing um, some very well-known actors taking their sort of first foot, first steps into directing um, and, and seeing what the reaction has been to those as well. So my first, uh, it's been interesting sort of, you know, I'm new to award, I'm new to EW this year and new to awardist and trying to just kind of fathom at this stage, you know, October, November, what we need to be looking at and talking about without getting into the nitty gritty, because it's really hard to get into nitty gritty right now. And I don't like to do that. It's very, it's hard to prognosticate without actually prognosticating. So you're just kind of in that research phase. Like you've seen exactly. a lot of the films already. Yes. But so, you'll probably see some of them again and you're still kind of trying to parse and think through definitely. what it means. And the conversation's kind of evolving constantly. So uh, I'm trying to pull out sort of trends and you know, broader topics that I think are just worth looking at as we get into the nominations after which we can then start honing down. So for the actor turned directors, I was really thinking of, you know, Bradley Cooper, of course, who uh, made makes a little his, movie this year. Just a tiny movie. Uh, who for the first time directs um, and he decided to do Star A Star Is Born and with Lady Gaga. I mean, that is if if you're not shooting for the stars right there. Didn't start yeah. with something small. No. Didn't direct an episode of television, <laughs> didn't just kind of went right for a major undertaking. He really did. And I think the reaction, the response to it has been really overwhelmingly positive for him. Um, and then we've also seen Paul Dano do this with uh, with Wildlife. And then, um, you know, I think we've just seen like... Karen Gillan from like Avengers, she's 30 and she's doing her first movie um, called The Party's Just Beginning. And it's a, a very different, like very small independent film. But like, you know, her writing, directing and starring in a story about a woman who has to deal with the suicide of a best friend. So we're seeing very personal 
stories here, very passionate stories. Um, you know, I'd say for Bradley as well, like A Star is Born, the the story he captured was a very personal, intimate one. So that seems to be the trend that I've noticed with some of these actor turning directors that they really wanted to focus on these uh, very like intimate subtle stories that they wanted to explore and it's very much like character driven and themes that you know there's they're heavy Mm -hmm. in there so so yeah that was that was just interesting to draw like a loose thread do you you think ultimately that helps their chances when we're talking about awards is there like do they get an extra gold star because they're already really good at being actors and now they've added this extra hard thing on or does it put more pressure on because it's harder for them to be taken seriously I think for them it's um it definitely they're already so well known so for them to show oh look you know we're embracing the craft of filmmaking and trying to do our best job at it i think there's there's credibility to that um and people respect that in the industry so i i think it's good for them to add one more string to their bow but um you know someone like jonah hill taking on a story like Mid-90s. You know, Jonah is so well-known and has had numerous nominations from the Globes and from the Oscars for his work in comedy. But, like, for him to take on a story like Mid-90s, he shows a different side of himself, which I thought is also, you know, these these people who perhaps are known in one way are getting to show uh, other sides. Like, you know, someone like Karen, who is known for Doctor Who and then Guardians of the Galaxy and Jumanji and the Avengers is doing something really small and intimate um, and independent. So, yeah, I think it's just kind of showing that they're more than the name. Mm-hmm. Going back to the Globes, Kristen, I mean, I think in television, what we see sometimes is we see those actors who really do want to step into directing, get an opportunity to do so on a show that they're on. But you also have the sort of other model for this, which is the creator, executive producer, star, who is, you know, so inseparable from everything that you would think about that show. Who is there anyone in the, on the Globes front who you think we should be looking at who is who is playing more than one role or not? more than one role on screen, but more right. than one job. I mean, I think, uh, as Pia mentioned earlier, um, Donald Glover for Atlanta, he's not only the star, he's sort of, you know, the entire force behind that show. And he's been recognized by by the Hollywood Foreign Press before because of it. Um, and, you know, what's interesting with the Golden Globes and television is they really don't get into awarding, you know, they don't do writing, they don't do directing, they don't do anything other than really uh, acting and, and series, unlike with film. But it's still, I think, uh, it gives the star an added, uh, you know, something else to brag about or something else to promote when they are campaigning for themselves or their show. Um, this this season, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens with House of Cards, uh, which just premiered for its final season. And obviously that was a very, uh, there was a lot of controversy once uh, Kevin Spacey was fired for alleged sexual misconduct, many, many uh, accounts of that. And the show for a while, nobody knew if it was going to go on, but Robin Wright, who uh, co-stars and is an exec producer and has also directed many episodes, she really lobbied to keep the show afloat. Um, and they were fortunate that at the end of last season, her character had become president. <laughs> so they didn't have to do anything too crazy to get her in that spot. But she's also, you know, so she she lobbied really hard uh, for it. it. It sort of tied into the idea of the Me Too movement in that, 
you know, she's somebody who was not going to let a man's misconduct, you know, derail her accomplishment. And she directs uh, the series finale. Uh, so it will it'll be interesting to see how the Globes this season respond to people or properties that have been sort of enmeshed in some type of controversy or political drama, um, whether they'll steer clear or whether it'll be something that will end up working uh, to the project's advantage. They do love her. She's been nominated three times. She won once for House of Cards. Uh, so I, I do believe that uh, she'll probably get a nomination. She's great this season, even though the show is in a really weird position and it kind of goes off the rails even more than usual. Um, but uh, she's great, and I think she'll get rewarded for it again. Speaking of women who are just so indelibly connected with the the series or the franchise, Pia, you also made a really, I thought, great argument in favor of how we should be taking Jamie Lee Curtis in Halloween more seriously. You wrote, the chances of a horror film slicing its way into the current awards race is as likely as Michael Myers staying dead. Uh, <laughs> that hasn't always been the case. Walk us through a little bit why even if horror at this point is not necessarily considered an advantage when you're entering awards season, uh, it has been in the past, and why we think Jamie Lee Curtis is absolutely someone who the Globe should recognize. Um, it's interesting. I kind of just did this column as really an entry point to discuss genre at the awards in general, you know, and Jamie Lee Curtis is one that stands out, obviously, being in such a big film with Halloween this year, and a role that she reprised um, for the fifth time, but, you know, 40 years after she took it on. So this is a, a huge full circle moment for her. And she really delivered a, a great um, role. You know, a lot of people have sort of pointed out if anyone is to win for horror, it should be Tony Collette for Hereditary. Um, I, I fully support that. And, and I've mentioned this, you know, in my story where, you know, Tony's performance again was absolutely incredible. And that film was, you know, became a talking point over summer when it came out. And it was frightening. Um, these movies sometimes are the movies that get to offer roles to people that Hollywood for so long have like neglected you know and that's women over 40 and um you know people of color and so and last year like get out did sort of start to change this conversation I think so you know I think this is what happened that like over the years in the past we've seen horror and performance horror performances and movies been rewarded but then that dropped off massively and and we didn't see that anymore so then I think it was 2010 Black Swan came along and that was pro probably the last time we saw this. And then finally last year we get Get Out with Jordan Peele. And uh, this movie just shifted the conversation around the genre completely. It brought back the attention on the performances and the story that these are telling. These are original stories that are telling very searing, sharp uh, social commentary and, and tapping into things that are very important. And so in... In the case of Halloween, we see Jamie Lee Curtis playing a character who um, is so traumatized, as she should be, because she's dealt with 40 years of being stalked by a crazy killer. And like, if this, you know, if her story doesn't resonate on that deeper level of, you know, women resilience and women rising up even after having been, you know, tortured and abused for so long... I think that resonates on a deeper level. And I think she really did deliver a performance of a career. However, you know, 
as a lot of people are saying, if anyone's going to get the nomination, then it should be Tony Collette. Sure, I agree. I just, you know, I hope either of them get a look in. That would be incredible. I, I just, you know, as far as we've seen, horror doesn't always get the love that it should. Um, or the credibility. We do know that the Hollywood Foreign Press Association does like Jamie Lee Curtis. She's been nominated before. She's won twice, both for TV and for film. So, I mean, she won for True Lies. So I feel like anything is possible. (laughs) Yeah, I think, you know, and again, this just goes back to, like, popularity and the popular films of the year. And, you know, the Oscars attempted and then had to, unfortunately... Well, unfortunately, I think actually scrapped their plans for this popular film category that they wanted to put in place. But, you know, you've got to look at ratings as well. They want audiences to come and watch the Golden Globes and therefore they need to bring the stars of the biggest films and biggest TV shows together. And so, you know, having, you know, someone like Jamie Lee Curtis there would make sense. You know, they'd want someone like that who has been part of the conversation um, and the zeitgeist this year. Are the Golden Globes the popular Oscars? Just across the board. <laughs> Kristen? <laughs> I mean, I think they're certainly more accessible. Uh, and as you pointed out earlier, they definitely do. Uh, it's a broader range of, of talent and of shows and movies, so there's more a chance that you'll recognize the people. Uh, but, um, I, and I think a lot of times, I think honestly, if you look at the ratings, they're always you know significantly higher than something like the Emmys. I think because it really is just about celebrity in, in a way, that it's more appealing to a broader audience. All right. We will see. Golden Globe nominations are December 6th. Uh, complete awardist coverage is at EW.com and in the magazine every week where you can read Pia's columns. We've got uh, everyone on staff is contributing in different ways to award season. Uh, we'll be covering below the line standouts. Um, Karen, uh, Kristen and our, I just tried to combine your name, Kristen and Darren <laughs> Branish on our TV team will be covering the Golden Globes. Our film critics will be looking at Oscars from the years past. We'll be back next Tuesday and after that at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. Thank you so much for joining us for the awardist. Thank you, Pia. Thank you, Kristen, for joining me. Um, this is Entertainment Weekly's The Awardist, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much.